Welcome to the Culture of Splife podcast. We're on. We have Josh on. How's it going, Josh? Great, man. How are you? I am. I got that shirt. I'm not sleeping. I'm resting my eyes. That is fantastic. Resting with my eyes. Oh, 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 I'm sorry. Oh, no, I'm just resting my eyes because that's what I always say. I'm not sleeping. I'm just resting my eyes. Right. Exactly. Definitely. Let's see if we can get Rod on here. All right. We had some folks coming up in and out of here, so it's a little tough to see. Tonight I'm sporting my Liverpool as I'm saddened by the end of uh, the EPL. The Premier League is over, as is the NFL, which has been for quite some time and soon to be the NBA, right? Yes, definitely. Now, I did see that Manchester United and Man City are playing Saturday. Yeah, that's a that's a cup. That's uh that's the FA Cup that they win. That's um that's basically like the Super Bowl in England, so to speak. You know, like oh, okay. You've got you've got the EPL, which is the league itself, but the FA Cup actually is all of English soccer. Um and I say it's the FA Cup, whatever it's called this year. It's always sponsored by it's kind of like NASCAR, you know. Back in our day it was Winston Cup. Today it's like you know who knows, right? Gotcha. What we got, but um, but yeah, that's that's what's happening there. So it's the the highest cup in England. Uh, Liverpool actually won it last year. Um, but yeah, I'm hoping United wins. I don't want City to win. I would think City'd be favored. They've had a pretty good year, right? Uh, yeah, I definitely think City's the favorite to win. But I'm hoping it comes down to penalties and we get uh get something good that's what that's what happened in liverpool last year liverpool was favored to win but it still came down to penalties and uh you have those scots that's right whenever it comes down to that i don't know if y'all seen that video the scott sterling video no Mm -hmm. if there is a reason for our listeners to pause our podcast and go to google and find something it's scott sterling that is worth it uh, I believe it was a comedy troupe in, at BYU, if I'm not mistaken, that wrote that sketch. And it's about a goalie that um, is, you know, blocking penalty shots. And he, like, comes out there and, like, takes the first one straight to the face. <laughs> comes out second time, bloody nose and everything. Takes it straight to the face. Then he's, like, crawling out there on the third one, oh, laying wow. there takes it straight to the face and then they like have like the guys come out and just sit him in a chair penalty kick straight to the face um and then the fifth one of course he's laying there like half dead you know he's like unconscious on the ground kicks it off the goal straight to his face (laughs) wow so that's that's a recurring theme in all of uh all of scott sterling sketches so uh so if y'all have ever seen on the podcast, uh, the man, the myth, the legend shirt that I have, that's mm-hmm. actually said in the second Scott Sterling video where he plays volleyball. Spoiler alert. He takes every spike to the face. Um, yep. And, and uh, straight to the face. They call him the man, the myth, the legend in that. So if y'all have never, never witnessed Scott Sterling, y'all got to look him up after the podcast. Y'all can't pause 
and look him up. But anybody that's listening tomorrow or later, pause and look up Scott Sterling. I'll be sure to. He is. Make sure you pull over though first, right? If you listen to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, pull over first before you do that search. Safety first. Yeah, yeah, safety first. Do you listen to podcasts in your car? People commute sometimes. (laughs) Yes. This is where I'm at 24-7. You can find me right here in this spot. Wow. Yeah, I mean, like, commuting is almost a foreign concept now in our world. Yeah, it's kind of – it's come back for me, thank goodness. But um, it's definitely a lot less than it used to be for sure. This is all I, I mean, do. Pre-COVID, right? It's a lot less today than it was pre-COVID for sure. You, you know what was really funny is uh, – at our profession, uh, pre COVID, we used to always talk about, I'm I'm talking about like what, like 2016 and 17, we used to talk about, I mean, I mean, couldn't we just do this from home? I mean, you know, any of these meetings and, and you know, what we do, we're we're talking to customers on the phone and like, why do we have to be at a building, you know? And, and I mean, this is, we're talking about this then. And then of course, COVID hits and it forces everybody to do this. And then all of a sudden the powers that be are like, why do we have to go back to a building again? You know, and so. (laughs) Yeah, well, it's funny. That's actually how I got my original taste of remote work was working there. I had a had a position in operations, so I didn't technically work for the building that I went to. That just so happened Mm -hmm. to be the office that I was in. Um, So I think I did like two or three days a week at home and that's the path just went downhill from there. <laughs> no there you go. Got some got some old folks in the in the comments down there. That's right. Who is that? That's Jarrett. That's Jarrett. Jarrett Tice? Yep. Yes. Okay. <clears throat> What's up, Jarrett? <laughs> He's been here the whole time. Snuck up on, on yes. John. He didn't even realize it. No doubt. In the words of Archie and Edith Bunker, those were the days. That's right. So let's just get right to what Jared wants to talk about. That is the NBA. All right. We all know he's a Lakers fan, of course, but he's also a hater of all the other teams that are still in it. Um, Yeah, we'll definitely talk. We're definitely going to talk about that. That goes right into what we're going to talk about with coaches. Yep, absolutely. So game six, where were you? when Derek White inbounded that ball? I mean, like, on my couch and thinking it's probably over, especially after that uh, that fourth shot. But, you know, I have to say something about that because uh, one of my daughter's coaches always says, follow your shot or follow the shot as, as an offensive uh, player. Right. And – that is the picture perfect way and the picture perfect reason you follow your shot. That's right. And That's he exactly like, right. just literally came out of nowhere, perfect timing. And it's just like, I thought that had just sunk the heat, but, but needless to say, that's probably at least one of the top three greatest finishes to a game of that magnitude. Right. Yeah, and I mean, the Celtics just tried to give it away. You know, Mm -hmm. I think the last three minutes of the game, they were up by 10 points. And they just continued to just throw up Mm three-point shots. 
when they had made like 15% in their last like five quarters of basketball. So you're winning and you're not continuing to play what got you there. And then for Horford to foul on that shot by mm. Jimmy Butler. Oh my. Mm. Could not believe it. But I mean Celtics. back to Boston, didn't it? Yep. All We're, went back to Boston. Which I mean most people think that that's almost that's that's a, a lock that a game seven in the garden is going Boston's way. And nope. Does it go Boston's way if Tatum doesn't sprain his ankle on like the second play of the game? Here's what I'm going to say. Uh, it would obviously have been a much closer battle, but Boston has this, this issue where, like you said, all of a sudden they were going 15% shooting threes. When they don't swing the ball, their offense looks terrible. I mean, like, it's just, you know, let's just see if Tatum or Brown can just, just make something happen one-on-one. And then if you look at the series in the first three games, they didn't swing the ball. Uh, games four and five in the first part of game six, they swung the ball. And it got, got them much better shots. The shot selection looks good. It also opened the court up for uh, Tatum and Brown when you got to look for other people to be able to make shots. But – when it's just everybody just standing around, literally, um, they just they just look bad. And I just, I mean, and they reverted back to that in game seven. So if he's not hurt and they're not swinging the ball, I still think the Heat win probably by four or five points. But, I mean, it's obviously a much closer contest. Definitely. Jared just said the Boston doesn't have a Batman. They have two good tier Robins. And I don't know, man. I go back and forth on that. I think Jason Tatum is one of the most underrated players in the NBA. Now, granted, uh, not not from a pay standpoint. He's about to make over $60 million a year with a super max. But he's just seen as, like Jared said, just a, a Robin. He and Jalen Brown are good together, but Tatum's not that guy. He's not the Jimmy Butler of the Boston Celtics. He's just a... Uh, I don't know what would you call him. Not even Bam, because Bam struggled so much. I, I mean, you know, I think Tatum is is. I mean, I, I think for the most part he's fine, especially if he's got good support around him. Now, I do. I I think that Jalen Brown is a really good player, but he's definitely no Batman. He's 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 a definite Robin. I also kind of think that he's a Robin that wants to be a Batman. I mean, I'm I'm not saying he has Kyrie Irving's you know, like temperament and mentality or anything like that. But Kyrie wanted to be the man, right? That's why he left Cleveland. And he, he found out in Boston and his other stops that it's a lot harder than you think it is to, to, to carry that. And I, I think, I mean, it almost felt to me like Brown had checked out after a certain point in game seven. And I, I think that he really wants, I don't think he wants to stay in Boston. I think he wants to go somewhere where he feels like he can be the man. And I and I, I think that's when he's it's gonna be exposed that you were never a Batman. So right. I, I I I think you know, his situation is a diet coke version of what Kyrie Irving um you know decided when he, he felt like it was time for him to be the man and not be in LeBron's shadow. 
Right. Sure. I, you know, personally, I mean, you know, I'm, I'm all for the brand, right? I, I don't, I, I think that teams that have that one player that is getting them over the hump is what's killing the NBA. Like, you know, I, I, I want, I want the Celtics to have four God tier Robins. That's what I want. I want them to have the team Titans. I want to see a team that people look at years down the road and go, man, that team was stacked. But while you're living it, you're just kind of like, eh, you know, yeah, they're, they're okay. You know, they're, they're okay. Yeah. That's a good player. You know, we talked about that last week with the, um, with who was it? The Rockets, you know, we mm-hmm. look back on the Rockets and are like, oh, they're the most amazing team. But there was a lot that had to happen for those Rockets to be the Rockets in the 90s. Yeah, the uh, first thing was Michael Jordan had to decide that he wanted to take two years off. Right. That <laughs> had to happen coincidentally, right? Um, Nick Anderson had to decide he wanted to miss four free throws in a row. Yeah, yeah, that that, uh, that yeah, John mention, Starks uh, decided he wanted to be the biggest choke of all time, in, right? In, not to in, mention in, the not just game six, but game seven too. <laughs> thousands of three pointers that was missed, but still, <laughs> like that's what I think. That's what people want to see. They want that that underdog story. That team of oh yeah, well let's see LeBron go against this. You know, let's see these big names go against this. Oh, Jimmy. Jimmy who buckets what no um you know that's that's what they're looking for um from a viewer standpoint you know and honestly it makes for good conversation for us to talk about like nobody wants us to come on here and talk about LeBron James for an hour and a half right like we're sick of that let's talk about Mm -hmm. something different you know it's just like any other sport right nobody wants to hear about Tom Brady Derek Jeter none of that junk Let's let's talk about some somebody fun. Let's talk about the underdog story. So, mm-hmm. no doubt, Jared mentioned uh, <clears throat> the only good Duke player has been Grant Hill when he was healthy for ten minutes. And mm-hmm. Jared, as a Magic fan, that's still a little too soon, man. It's a little <laughs> too soon. Mm-hmm. We signed that guy to a max deal on crutches, and I think he played in eighty games in six years. Yep. Before he got healthy and went to Phoenix for two million a year. Well, I guess you can see what what Van Carroll decides to do. Um, And what's kind of interesting here is that that kind of brings us to uh, what we talked about pregame with the uh, Wimby trade situations, doesn't it? It it really does. And then we got to get into uh, then we got to get into Uncle Joe's trivia Mm -hmm. for sure. I I keep forgetting about that segment of the show. Let's do the 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 trivia. Then we'll get into then we get into uh, Wimby. Wimby trade. Okay. Perfect. So I got I got two for y'all tonight. The first one is name the top five NFL players that have the most receiving yards in the last decade. This should be good. Ten years. Ten mm-hmm. years. Last top five. ten years. Top five. And the second one is Name the top three scorers in NBA history that came off the bench. This should be a good one. So you're six-man type guys. Yes. 
We've got Wish a lot of people in here right now. I'd love to love to get some interaction here. That's right. Cause uh, I was I was quite surprised. I knew a couple of them. Was quite surprised by a couple of them as well. Yeah, I can't wait to see uh, see the feedback coming on comments. So uh, listeners, go ahead. Uh, you know, put it in there. Might be something in it for you if you get them all right. That's right. So no doubt. So yeah, the Wimby trade. I posted this on our Facebook page on Saturday and had a few had a few comments and I was quite surprised by them. What I posted was should the San Antonio Spurs trade the rights to the number one pick in the draft to the Oklahoma City Thunder for their draft picks this year, a couple of draft picks next year, and I think a draft pick in 25. Yeah, and Chet Holmgren, I think, was the other uh, player with it. Yeah, Chet uh, Holmgren as well, mm-hmm. as well. That's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the number two pick last year, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and in my eyes, and I want to get, I want to hear what y'all think, but if I'm the San Antonio Spurs, that is a no-brainer for me. That is a no-brainer. I'm trading the 7-4, 17-year-old, we'll see how this ages, but he could be the next Greg Oden. We don't know, you know, um, where you could get five guys. I mean, let's face it, Wimby's not going to make the Spurs. I mean, Wimby is not Tim Duncan being drafted out of Wake Forest when they still had the Admiral. Yeah, and, and they just and, happened and to have the worst and, record and, and, in the yeah. NBA and got Tim Duncan because – Robinson was hurt that year, I believe. Mm-hmm. It, it's not that situation. I mean, no, no, guys, I could, I saw them live against the Celtics at the TD Garden, lose by forty, and I probably, if I had to, I may be able to name five players on the San Antonio Spurs. Mm-hmm. So it's not. Hey, tell them about uh, the scenario, uh, the last scenario. Yeah, so the ESPN came out with this great one. You know, so this was all fun and games when it wasn't about my team. But mm-hmm. ESPN came out with one that was the Magic would trade Paolo Bancaro, maybe a good Duke player, Jared, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, what we about? Rookie of the year. Um, Jalen Suggs, stud when he's healthy. Mm-hmm. The number six and number 11 pick in this year's draft. And then I believe a first rounder in 24. I, I think that's a no brainer. I, I mean, because think of it this way. That's let's let's say that's that's so that's four top picks, right? With right. Carol, Suggs, you know, who are at least semi-proven commodities for at least where they were picked. And then you've got a number six and eleven pick. So let's let's even look at this. Okay, so you're trading Wimby away, right? And I think we all can establish the fact that even if Wimby hits, it's not enough to move the needle for the next one or two years with the Spurs because of the fact that they don't have any pieces around them. So even if you only hit on half of those four, let's just say two of them are home runs and the other two are duds, you still win big. Or let's just say, I mean, because – you could have two of them that, hey, they, two of these guys end up being 
Uh, one of them ends up being an all-star. One of them is on the cusp of being an all-star. And the other two, they don't end up being, let's say, first-round picks. Let's just say they end up being solid role players for you. Well, you, you that's enough to build a team. Right. That's what I'm thinking. Four picks? You've got a whole team right there. I mean, we were just saying earlier, like... You know, we, we, we have a team with two God-tier Robins that made it to the, you know, almost to the finals, right? Mm -hmm. You could potentially get four. <laughs> yeah. You don't have to have all-stars to go that far. If you no. get four decent, and I'm talking top 75 percentile of their position in the NBA, right? You know, like, I'm not even talking, you know, top two percent or anything like anything crazy i am talking about four robins and zero batmans in that you're it's insanity to me these teams that'll just throw away draft picks like that and i know it's a it's a roll of the dice but still like you know but it's it's it keeps guys like us in business right we get to talk about it we get to figure up and say you traded this one yahoo that got injured on his uh, three minutes into his first game and never played for these four people. And look, they're all, you know, they're all all-stars now. Um, you know, it, it's it's no different than the NFL, right? Mr. Irrelevant almost leading his team to the Super Bowl. Uh, you know, like, that. it's it's stupid. It's never happened before. Nobody's predicting that, but it does. You can't, can't get rid of your whole draft class. Well, I remember, uh, was it the, the Saints did that for Ricky Williams, right? Right. Yeah. Right. You that's, see how that worked out? That's been yeah. one of the biggest uh biggest memes that um in the NFL that has probably lasted um for as long as it did uh was the Ricky Williams uh Ricky Williams thing. Although the Reggie Bush also, which I don't I hate to pick on running backs, but um the Reggie Bush uh trade up, I believe that was a, another uh, another big one. But there were several trades involved in his career because he didn't stick anywhere for very yeah. long at all. So RG3 was a big one too. Yeah. <laughs> didn't the Rams get like four picks or something for the Redskins to move up? Yeah. Right. The, the Rams got a Super Bowl in the future for the, right. for the yeah, exactly. Redskins to move up. They were building, <laughs> building talent later down the road. <laughs> yeah. And, Drew, you made a great point about me, right? He gets out there, he gets injured, and boom, you're stuck with damaged goods. Mm -hmm. Kind of reminds me of what happened to Chet Holmgren, right? Yeah. He got hurt in the summer league. He didn't even make it to the preseason. Yeah. And he was out all year. And now there are rumors about him being sent away before he even steps into a regular season basketball game. And, you know, there's always a risk, like a huge risk, when you're dealing with guys that are like 7'2 or taller, just simply because just history tells you with, with micro fractures and all these other type of chronic knee issues and other things that happen that, I, I mean, like, I'd venture to say that at least a third of them have their careers basically never took off because of injuries. That's right. Right. No doubt. Like Greg Oden, Sam Bowie. Yeah. I mean. My dad always used to tell me they were too skinny. Oh, when you get that tall, you can't put any any meat on. You're too skinny. Then he saw I mean, Shaq. Holmgren, what does he weigh, like 185? Yeah. <laughs> right. 
And this Wimby kid, I mean, I know he's only 17, but man, he's going to need to put on a bunch of weight really fast, or we could have mm -hmm. Sean Bradley 2.0 out there. Right. And, and if you're you're if you're trying to be a seven foot four guard, and you're you're coming into that paint and everything else, he's going to be taking contact. Yep, that's exactly right. That's exactly right. And then the other side of this argument about whether or not to do this trade, you get Wimby and you don't have anybody to build around him. And then he wants to do what is rumored that Doncic wants to do. Mm -hmm. Head out. Yep. You know, and now you're stuck with nothing. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. I would if I'm Spurs, I'm taking those picks. And I'll take number two, Chet Holmgren. You know, he was supposed to be a pretty good basketball player. We'll trade 7-2 for 7-4. Mm -hmm. Both <laughs> combined don't even weigh 400 pounds. Let's get it. Yeah. <laughs> That's scary. I'm, I'm yes. looking down here. Jarrett's got some, looks like some pretty good guesses. Yeah, he does. Yeah, he does. Pick some receivers for sure. And, uh... Picked uh, Jamal Crawford. Wow. Talk That's about sweet. one of the most underrated players in NBA history. Oh, man. Yeah, he definitely is. In his last game, I know this is completely points. off topic, but in his last game, he dropped 50 points. Yes, he did. And didn't get signed for the next year and hasn't played since. I mean, there, there have been articles talking about just how underrated Crawford was. Yep. And he played for what? 17, 18 years? 17 yeah, he played years. for a while. Yep. Insane. So uh, before we move on, move off of basketball here, what are y'all's thoughts on the on the finals? Uh, that it's not going to be must-see TV, and you might as well just place your bets on Denver. I mean, I don't <laughs> know about covering the spread. I don't know how big of a favorite they're going to be in every game. Um, I've, I, I don't even think it's going to take six. I don't think Miami's getting lucky at all. I think this is just going to be a cleanup. Like, we're going to sweep them. We're going to win eight games in a row. Eight? Yeah, because they won the last four in a row. So Oh, sweeping yeah. the lake show. Yeah. That's right. How could so, I forget? So, yeah, they, they, <laughs> they swept the Lakers. Let's, let's go ahead and sweep the Heat. I, I seriously don't see the Heat having a chance. I, I, I think. Uh, sweep. I think uh, I, I don't think that the uh, games in Denver will uh, really even be close. And then, of course, I, I think the I think the Heat will squeeze one of them out um, in Miami. And then, of course, they go back to Denver and they they close them out. So I, I don't I don't see this going past five games. So you think it's going to go like Denver gets the first two, Miami gets game three. And then Denver Nuggets uh, get four and five. decisively takes the last two. Yeah. You know, and I I mean, right now, Murray and, and Jokic are both, like, playing at another planet level. That's right. That's exactly right. And then they're just so big. Michael Porter Jr., 6'10". Aaron Gordon, 6'10". I mean, you got Bruce Brown, who's playing unbelievable, too. I mean, and, and I mean, like, the team is just only, absolutely stacked. I mean, right? and you, your only option is to double Jokic, especially with his size, to even remotely try to handle him. But then you've got Murray out there, which honestly, at this point, with the way he's playing, 
I mean, dude's been like nuclear, uh, you know, in, in, the, uh, in the playoffs right now. You've got to double him. I mean, so it's literally pick your poison at this point. And so I, I don't – I mean, there's no way you're going to get four out of seven games if, with the level that they're playing at right now. Right. And they've had, what, over a week rest? Completely. Yep. That's that's I don't know. That could be an advantage for Miami. It could be. Um we can pretend like it's gonna be. Cause I know some ESPN talking head out there is gonna be like maybe Denver had time to cool off um from the hot streak that they're on. Uh but I I, I just I can't see it like no. even being a challenge. I mean maybe 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 they they lose one away, but I just don't I don't see it. What about you, Josh? I mean, I'll I'll say the same thing as Rod. Gentlemen's gentlemen sweep. Um, I think they'll get one in. I think they'll get one in Miami. But uh, the size. I mean, even if they don't shoot well, who's going to get rebounds mm-hmm. over Gordon and right. Jokic? I mean, it's not it's not going to happen. I think the only two players, and somebody correct me if I'm wrong, I think the only two players over 6'10 for the Heat are Bam and uh, Zeller. Zeller, that's it. And Zeller's not doing anything in the finals. No. Let's, let's, I don't even think he played in the last two or three games of no. the Boston series. So he's not, he's not even going to be a, a part of the series. So you potentially have four guys that are over 6'10 on the court at the same time for the Nuggets. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's kind of like what you and I talked about, Rob, with the Magic. I mean, they basically have four out of their five guys that are over six ten, yep. and you can't you can't beat size over time. And, and of I mean? course, like, there's always at least two uh, games within a, a Nugget series where Jokic and Murray just flat out cannot miss anything. That's right. I mean, it's like Stockton and Malone, mm-hmm. right? But with Malone having a lot better handles. Correct. That's actually <laughs> we, probably a really good uh, type of uh, comparison to him. And, and I mean, well, and, and Murray is, is Stockton with a scorer's mentality. Right. That's true. Maybe, maybe we need to, uh, maybe we need to uh, check the schedules of the games, you know, cause we go live on normally on Tuesdays today. It, it's Wednesday. Um, we might need to check the schedules of the games and, uh, you know, we could potentially be going live in the middle of magic happening, you know, who knows? Um, I'm thinking, you know, we could have us a big, big, uh, what is it? The, the mukbang or whatever it is where we're all eating chicken nuggets while we're watching the nuggets. That'd be good, right? (laughs) Who is this guy? (laughs) I spend too much time on social media. That's what happens. <laughs> hey, I'm gonna show up with my Mickey D's twenty piece one day. We're gonna there we're gonna go. check the schedule, there check the go. local TV hey, list. Hey, uh, yeah, do the twenty piece when they uh, beat them by twenty. Exactly. <laughs> in honor exactly. of man, so the last time- gonna, I guess we are gonna stay in the NBA because we haven't talked about the uh, the Nick Nurse situation. Um, what are your thoughts on that, Rod? And then we'll get into the, the segment that we talk about. But let's answer Jared's question. I think that was a great hire for the 76ers, right? Uh, you know, like, it's kind of one of those things where it goes into 
you know, did we really just fire Doc Rivers? Because that also goes into the same thing we could say about did we really fire Nick Nurse? Did we really fire Mike Budnoser? Did we really fire? I mean, like you just you you just keep going down the sure. list. Did we really fire Monty Williams? I mean, it's. I mean, and, and then we even talked about it uh, a little bit pregame. I mean, a lot of these situations where these coaches are getting fired is 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 not even necessarily on the coaches. I mean, when you've got key players that are being hurt, when you've got general managers that make horrible decisions, you know, I mean, you, you can't just, just place all of that at the foot of a coach that's actually proven to be a good coach because they're consistent, right? So I... I I think that uh, this. I think this will age well, and is is. I mean, it, it's going to be. Um, I I'm not going to sit here and just say, oh yeah, they're going to win multiple championships. But this could be an Andy Reid type of situation, uh, just in the NBA. I agree a hundred percent. I mean, look what he did in Toronto with Kawhi Leonard. We don't quite know if Kawhi Leonard is a Batman. Maybe he was a Batman in Toronto, but he hasn't been a Batman with the Clippers, obviously. Um, and then Lowry. I mean, those were basically the two guys. You had Van Fleet, who was just kind of getting his sea legs. Mm -hmm. You had Siakam, who was probably a rookie. They, they weren't a great team. And to see what he did with that team, his first year coaching yes. in the NBA. And then you get rid of Kawhi, you get rid of Lowry, and now all of a sudden you're a 45% winner. And now you're out with the bathwater. I mean, that's GMs making decisions, causing coaches to have to move their families to go start over when they were the best person for that particular right. job a year, two, three before. It's unbelievable. Well, that's that's the only thing that that's scary about the hire, right? Like you you fire a guy that leads you to the playoffs. What's the expectations for the next guy coming in? Yeah. Right? Like to go further in the playoffs? To do better in the regular season? What happens if you come out of the regular season number 1 seed and you still lose in the playoffs? I mean, yep. congratulations, you won more games. I don't know, could be a financial thing. You probably would get more butts in the seats. I just doubt it because, um, mm -hmm. <laughs> honestly, attendance isn't hurting that much, I don't think, there, but could be. Might might yeah. be like, um, you know, they're, they're, they're pushing the whole crowd to one side so you can't see mm -hmm. the empty seats, you know, on the TV or something. <laughs> Hashtag um, USFL. Right, yeah. right. <laughs> Right. Everything's general admission, guys. Front row, yeah, 25 bucks. Come on. Um, so channeling AEW pay-per-views as well. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> Only show the front row. Anything you can see on TV, we're going to give it away. That's what we're going to do. But, um, but yeah, you know, it's just um, like it's a good move, but a bonehead move at the same time because of what you got rid of to get, you know, like. I, I don't know. It, it's baffling to me. Like, what do you expect? Like, what, I mean, Phil what Jackson wasn't expect? winning championships when he had only Kobe. <laughs> right. Right. 
I mean, can you imagine if Phil Jackson were still around in 1999 with no Pippen and no Jordan with the Bulls? Oh, God, we got to fire him. Right. Right. Well, it would have taken until 2020, 2010, right? Because I feel like social media drives this now. Yes. That, that, and not, not just social media. I shouldn't just blame it on three apps that we all like to get on. ESPN's just as notorious you know, um, like you think about it in 1999, we still got our news from a piece of paper delivered to our doorstep. Yep. Um, you know, we were still playing fantasy football by checking the Monday morning paper, you know, mm -hmm. like, so, so it, it's tough for me to say that it, it, it is social media in and of itself. I, I think it is partially, but just the media in general, right? ESPN just needs to go off the air for like 10 hours a day. We're, we're talking too much on on it, and we're getting these guys fired. I do think guys like us do invent things to talk about to get clicks, to get people to watch, you know? Um, and, uh, and and that's that's the story. So for, as far as the hire is concerned, yeah, it's, it's a good replacement, but you had a good coach there anyway. Yeah, I, I like the social media assertion there because – Social media has created a hyper reactionary society. And right. so everything has to flow in that reactionary manner. Well, and it, 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 a lot of it has to do with the fact that, you know, I was, I was telling some friends the other day, you know, there's, there's really, really two things you, you, you learn in college. And that's that your, your own life is your fault or your own life is everybody's fault around you. Right. <laughs> And you pick one of those, <laughs> and that determines the rest of your life. And you literally learn that between the ages of 18 and 24. Um, and, and, and I'm not just saying that it, it lives by itself, right? Because you get on social media, and you literally have no control over the NBA. So what do you do? You bash, right? Mm -hmm. you're, you're either that optimist, right? Mm -hmm. Like like Josh posted on our social media page on Facebook. Hey, guys, what do y'all think about this trade, right? You know, and he's like, the, the comment section doesn't go the way I expect it to. No, it doesn't. Mm -hmm. Josh, everybody doesn't think like you. <laughs> that some folks drive that other other lane, right? And, and they do get into that re reactionary, you know, thing again, because they can't control it. So that's the best they can do. And it turns into an angry mob. Mm -hmm. Right. Don't check my tweets in the past because I was probably part of that angry mob at some point. <laughs> Don't need anybody doing their research on me. <laughs> so, uh, Rod, man, what are you doing after the finals? Man? Oh, you know, it's a very exciting time for the uh, three women in my household because then it's like uh, the sports calendar really just kind of slows down and uh, – but, you know, we, that's kind of what it is, what, what we have left at, at that point. It's, it's kind of the dog days of baseball. And even for most of your average baseball fans, I mean, it, it wake me up at the all-star break with the home run derby and, and that sort of thing. So, um, you know, this is that lull or that time, you know, it, you go, go figure like all your families are you're going on your family vacations, you're getting all that stuff done around the house that you've been putting off, uh, for the for uh, most of the year uh and then i mean even not just from a sports standpoint but for a lot of us that that watch a lot of uh sitcoms or other type of shows 
usually right around Memorial Day ish type of thing. You know, those shows are getting their uh, season finales in and then, you know, you're, you're picking back up in the fall, just like when everybody's like, you know, wake me up when the football season's back. So, I mean, it's just, uh, you know, for me, it's uh, obviously we go on those family vacations and do a lot of different little family activities and stuff. But obviously, too, with me, I've, I've got, you know, a, a basketball player that is around the clock. So I'm, I'm still doing basketball. But, you know, as far as what I'm watching and stuff like that, it's it, it, it definitely uh, – slows down sports wise and I, it's an appreciated thing for for a lot of people in my household what about you no doubt my wife said today so after this nuggets heat series does that mean basketball's over four games just go ahead tell katie four more games that's more it games. we're done <laughs> But you know, for me, that means I watch a lot more Cubs baseball. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm a big Cubs fan, so I've been been following them quite a bit. But it also means hitting that button on my remote that says list and clicking on something other than sports. Mm -hmm. So um, one thing that I watched, we didn't talk about this pregame. There's this uh, show on. I don't even know what channel it's on. Maybe A and E or something called mm -hmm. Rich and Shameless. Have you I, heard of this? I haven't watched the show, but I've seen. Man, it is good. So the one that I just watched the other day was about how this lady stole millions as Rodman's financial advisor. <laughs> so she was the financial advisor, accountant, whatever you want to call her, for Travis Best, Dennis oh Rodman, and Ricky Williams. Oh, and oh. literally robbed Ricky Williams and Dennis Rodman Blind. I mean, they she took everything from them. It was amazing. Look that up. It, so, it was so was her, pre, uh, her prerequisite for clients was misfit? Yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly. No doubt. And then um, there's another one that I have that's about Hulk Hogan versus Gawker, which I know y'all know what I'm talking about. Yes. There. So uh, really interesting, but um, I got into uh, Ted Lasso last year when mm -hmm. um, my son was playing soccer at uh, Donovan Valley, as y'all know, mm -hmm. 30 to 40 minutes from my house. So I wasn't going to drop him off and drive all the way back and then drive back again. So I was watching Ted Lasso in my car and uh, I watched the first two seasons. And so last night I actually started season three of Ted Lasso. Cool. So, cool. That is like unbelievable. Have y'all seen it? Uh have not. Drew's shaking his head. Yeah, I, it was You're a soccer guy and you haven't seen it? Yeah, I know. It was uh it was recommended to me um by by a mutual friend of all of ours because they're like, You're a soccer guy, you gotta watch it. And I'm like, Yeah, I, I want to so bad. Um, and, and yeah, there's some things we can talk about offline that even hopped up my interest of it, uh, later I'll text y'all. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I just, I, I think it's on the one streaming service I don't have or something like that. Isn't it <laughs> Apple TV? Apple plus. Yep. Okay. Yeah. That's, that's like the one thing I don't have. There you go. So need to get a new phone so you can get it free for three months and watch it. <laughs> 
Right, right. I think I might I might be able to just get the subscription because of a phone or something that I bought and I, I maybe I haven't signed up for it. I'll have to check it, check into it. There you go. So yeah. what are you doing as sports is kind of slowing down except for baseball? Um yeah, the Braves are going to keep me occupied. Um you know, they're uh baseball is tough, right? Baseball is always tough to follow because, you know, it's the best two out of three, right? You, you, you know, if you're winning two out of three, it's, it's awesome for you. It's a, it's a great day if you're winning two out of three. And uh, I think that's a little bit of a turnoff for people because they want, you know, these dynasties that never lose in their mind, but yeah. you're going to lose a baseball game, right? You're just going yeah. to. So, uh, so I'll have my ups and downs there. Um, you know, I've got some friendlies. Uh, Liverpool's gonna gonna get me by, um, and some friendlies this summer. Couple in July coming up, but uh, but yeah, we've already started on the uh, the sitcoms. Um, right now, our go to is uh, is streaming Young Sheldon on HBO Max. That's uh, that's that's where we've started, and uh, of course, you guys know. Um, I, I think uh, I officially got my uh, my "You're Not Being Casted" letter. Um, so uh, so there is a uh, there is a show that I'm gonna have to check out that I wasn't privy to watching before season two of it's dropping, and it's not gonna feature me. So I'm gonna watch it and critique it and get on Twitter and talk crap about how much better I would have been in it than whoever the guy was that beat me out for the role. But um, yeah, that'll probably be about it. Oh, awesome! There, and yeah, um, it's gonna be snipped and posted to our social media page. <laughs> so hopefully, the casting directors see it. <laughs> I saw your TikTok of that story that you told about the guy in Birmingham, and then you followed him to Nashville. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's what actually got me got me the casting call for it. Was that uh, the casting director saw the TikTok and uh, she was like, "Oh my God, reach out." Um, if you look through the comments, you can see where she commented in there. Um, but yeah, that's, that's what happened. And, uh, I was, uh, I was down to one of two. It was me and another person I found out. And, uh, you know, I guess they just wanted to make sure the guy showed up and actually filmed before they told me no. So, um, you know, it's, it's it was heartbreaking, a little sad, but uh cool experience nonetheless to say, Hey, I almost got cast for that TV show. So right when we get famous here, you can bring her back on as a guest. I will. That's I will. <laughs> but hey, yeah, you remember that? That was good times, wasn't it? Well, no. So she she actually was the first first cut. She sent me and the other guy through. So I can't blame it on her. I, I, yeah. There's some unknown network Jeez. executive that is mad at me for something. Mm -hmm. So we'll uh, I'll find him. I will. Yeah. And I was telling you guys, I get into the last season of uh manifest that'll be coming out on on friday so uh, me and my wife love to watch uh that suspense and and uh and mystery there so there you go all right y'all you ready for little uncle joe trivia answers let's tell him let's see how close jared got yeah let's scroll back up to jared see how how close he got on those answers i believe jared said deandre hopkins mm-hmm Mike Evans mm -hmm. and Antonio Brown. That is correct. Yes, that was his guesses on the wide receiver list. And Mr. Tyus, all three of those would be correct. What? Then you also have your boy down the street, Julio Jones. 
Yes, sir. At number one. And Travis Kelsey at number four. So it was Julio Jones with 11,472. DeAndre Hopkins with 11,298. Mike Evans with 10-4. Travis Kelsey with 10-3. And AB with 10-2. Antonio Brown, having not played for the last three years, I believe that's Exactly, correct, yes. Right. Is still number five. That is absurd. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Like all, all you got to be is the go-to target, you know, like for for somebody, and and you're you're gonna win out. It's like Kelsey being on that list, you know. That's that is shocking to me. I would like to see on that list of people who has the most yards per catch, you know, like who actually has the least amount of targets on there because. In my mind, Kelsey has to have the least amount of targets, which means he's having an absurd amount of yards per catch. But maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm I don't wrong. know. Julio used to average a lot of yards. That's per what catch. I'm saying. But he is the top of the list. So. Yeah. And Mike Evans, especially recently, I, I mean, we'd have to go back through uh, early in his career, has been just like a big-time deep target. Right. Yep. That's right. That's exactly right. Yeah, and it's amazing that he was able to get up there with his quarterback being a guy that was basically blind. Mm. Yeah. You know, Jameis Winston. Yes. They basically said that he was legally blind while he was in Tampa. Yep. Imagine if he had had Brady his whole career. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Would have been insane. All right, so the second question was, name the top three bench scorers in NBA history. Jared. And Mr. Tyus was correct again with Jamal Crawford. And he was sandwiched between Lou Williams yep. at number one with 11,375 points and Steph Curry's dad, Mr. Del Curry, Curry. is number three in NBA history coming off. And I think that might be a little bit of a surprise for most people. That it is, it is shocking to me. I mean, and I even knew it was coming, and it's still weird to hear you say it come out of your mouth, you know? Right. <laughs> no doubt. So, uh, we appreciate everybody showing out, showing up, showing out tonight. Um, right. this was a, the wrong night for us. Um, we all had some things going on yesterday after Memorial Day. Um, obviously, uh, we're glad to be back, and we'll be back next Tuesday at 8 eight o'clock central and uh we'll have more topics if you didn't like what you heard today send us some messages let us Absolutely. know what you want to hear because as you can tell we're going to be kind of uh flapping for a little bit you know we're really going to have to uh tune in to the uh the talking heads to make sure that we know everything that's going on with live sports but i'm sure Aaron Rodgers will keep us busy you know, the Wimby situation. We all got these some ayahuasca to do. We got. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll come up with some fun things to do too this, uh, this summer as well. Some, some, some no fun doubt. little spins on some stuff. That's it for sure. We definitely want to incorporate some more life into the show. We did that a little bit today. So we are culture of splife, the intersection of sports and life. And I knew Drew told you how to follow us and all the different outlets. So, uh, Look for us everywhere social media can be found. Um, and if you want to listen on demand, all of our podcasts are available at Apple Podcasts and Spotify. So until next Tuesday.
Y'all have a good week.